Welcome to the Voices in Recovery podcast. Voices in Recovery is produced by Freedom's Path Recovery Society, a registered Canadian charity. If you enjoy the podcast, please consider a donation to Freedom's Path Recovery Society. All donations go directly to assisting Freedom's Path in providing their services free of charge and helps us keep the podcast going. We are grateful for any and all donations. This podcast discusses difficult topics such as childhood abuse, drug and alcohol use, sexuality and sexualized trauma, and more. If you are under the age of 18, please speak with your legal guardian prior to listening. The opinions expressed during the podcast are those of the individual and not those of Voices in Recovery or Freedom's Path or any other organization. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy this podcast. This podcast is being recorded on the traditional land of the Blackfoot Confederacy. This consists of the Kainai, Pekani, Siksika, and the Blackfeet in the U.S. We acknowledge the Stony Nakoda, which consists of the Bearspaw, Morley, and Chiniki. We acknowledge the Satina, Hura Dene, and the Métis, Inuit, status and non-status from all of Turtle Island, and those who are visiting. We are all treaty people. Jeremy is our guest tonight. Hello. Jeremy, thanks for coming in. Thank you for having me. It's Dude, it's my pleasure, man. Oh, my pleasure, too. Tell, tell us all about yourself and start from the very beginning. Please. From the very beginning, so <laughs> when my mom and dad, we loved each other very much, found well, a squeaky bed. that's right. Uh, found a squeaky bed. Found a squeaky bed. Okay, uh, so a bit about myself. Um, currently, I work at a, uh, I won't say the name, but it's mm. uh, a local coffee shop that, uh, you know, is pretty prolific. It's a big yeah. place. Um, I'm the youngest of uh, three. Okay. Yeah, uh, I was born in Calgary. Lived here for a good portion of my life. I've done a lot of extensive traveling, been through like India and Asia, Nepal, those sort of areas. Oh, cool. I've hitchhiked Canada coast to coast one wow. summer, which was a lot of fun, a lot of learning, things like that. I have a lot of questions about those first things you've said, but I'm going to let you keep talking. Oh, yeah, And yeah, I'll just yeah. remember that stuff. So. Oh, yeah, just uh, always remember, yeah. Yeah. And I can answer back on those. Uh, I've had numerous jobs. I've worked mm. at like the cemetery. I've been a bartender. What'd you do at the cemetery? Uh, cut grass mostly. Nice. Yeah, and sing to the dead. Yeah. Get your earphones in, you're going, and mm. you know, I'm sure it helps soothe someone's soul. Well, why not? Right? Yeah. If it maybe it soothes yours. Oh, it definitely does. Yeah. Well, and if someone else can enjoy it, even better. Mm. I do a lot of performance art as well. I'm with uh, uh, Loose Moose Theatre, which is an improvisation theatre. Okay. I uh, also work with the Green Fools Theatre Society, where we do a lot of stilt walking and uh, all sorts of amazing things. I've gotten to even fly a giant puppet horse over the stampede. At, uh, really? Yeah. Cool. I know. I have such a weird, awesome life. <laughs> Yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah. And that's exactly why I wanted you to come on and share it with us. Oh, perfect, perfect. Because <laughs> I thought it was, I think it's pretty exciting, actually. I didn't think it was weird. I just think it's exciting. Yeah, yeah. Well, people used to tell me it was weird or mm. that I was strange or crazy. But after a while, you just go, well, I'm doing a lot of the things that I never thought I'd be doing. And mm -hmm. it's positive fun. And it's, uh, yeah, yeah, it's life. That's cool, man. Yeah. I appreciate that. Uh, another thing that I also do is uh, over at uh, like music festivals, such mm. as the bigger ones like Shambhala, Motion Notion, uh, mm. I work with a group um, uh, in harm reduction, which is sanctuary work. Yeah. So when um, people are a little bit too messed up at the festivals or they just need some place to go and not only chill out, have someone to talk to, mm. um, have someone to tell them that they're alive <laughs> yeah. or any other like important information, yeah. uh, they come see us, which is... Uh, 
Dude, I got to tell you, when you told me that, because I think you told my dad and I that, right? Yeah, I we're, so. we were talking about it, and that got me, that really piqued my interest, because I think that it's such a compassionate thing to do, mm. right? Like, in general, harm reduction is compassionate, I think. But uh, at, at a festival, having the foresight of people, the organizers and the, the volunteers, is a volunteer, I'm assuming? Or? It is a volunteer yeah. profession, yes. So, but understanding that there's so many people in those rules with those festivals mm-hmm. that are, have compassion, right? You have to, especially yeah. if you're going to, and a lot of these places are on private land. Mm-hmm. And compared to doing it in the city, for example, uh, the one that happens in Calgary, Chasing Summer, I believe it's yep. called. That's right. They don't quite have a harm reduction team there because they don't want to you know, admit that people are going to come there, they're going to get high, mm-hmm. and they're probably likely going to need some help with that yeah. down the road. And it's... It's horrible because you have these young kids that really want to, you know, they want to party. They want to be in the scene. They want to do their thing. But if there's, if the safety isn't there, then Mm -hmm. it's, it's not worth doing. Yeah. And uh, one thing that I found with Shambhala is between the medical staff there, the uh, volunteers and harm reduction, uh, the people are actually doing harm reduction on the stages and looking Mm. out for other ravers. And the fact that ravers bring in other ravers that they find it's, it makes the whole festival a lot more safe. Mm-hmm. And you can look around and be like, this is actually a very well put together yeah. uh, group of people that yeah. are doing this because, you know, they're compassionate. Mm. Why am I not surprised? So is the Chasing Summer here in Calgary, is that like a City of Calgary event? I believe it might be. Because that would explain it, right? Because that, the, city's, the city's idea of liability would explain it and also the mentality of our province, mm-hmm. which is now saying harm reduction doesn't work because all the money in our province is going towards treatment beds, mm-hmm. right? And they're taking away the harm reduction services. Uh, yeah, so they're uh, taking away the safe injection sites. Um, I don't know when they're all gonna be closed or if they're all gonna be actually close. Yeah. Hopefully we get a new government in before that happens. Oh gosh, uh, well, if there's much of Alberta left after this government gets out. Yeah, yeah. right? Because uh, what, what do you think? So I just wanted to ask about the festivals. So if you have, because for my money, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. So if you have a festival where it's open, you realize people are going to do drugs. You don't pretend they're not, right? Mm-hmm. Like, which is what the city of Calgary does with a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. We're just going to pretend nobody's using. And if you use, it's your responsibility, right? It's not ours. Because what they would have to do, I think, I'm just trying to think in terms of like lawyers and shit, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that the they, law side of things. Right? That, that side that says, mm, it just, it's not worth it, right? Right. Because what they're thinking is, and this is what a lot of people in this province think, a lot of people think about using drugs in general, right? They think of course. that no matter who you are, if you use drugs, you're bad. Oh, that's been, you know, since I was a kid, that was yeah. the, the message. When you're sitting in the career and life management class, the cop tells you how bad it is. Mm-hmm. He's never done it. He has no idea about it. Yeah. He's not telling you that you're probably going to have the most amazing conversation with, mm-hmm. you know, somebody uh, that you just met, like, mm-hmm. for two seconds. And based on the fact that they have a cute little stuffed animal cat named Gonzo or something, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah. And you can't do that if you block people from being open, right? Like, Oh, exactly. And the more restrictions you put up, the more people are going to want to do it. Mm-hmm. Well, of course they are, right? And they're not getting the information that they need in order to, like the, the cop that comes to you in high school, he doesn't tell you like, okay, well, 
you're gonna feel lovey-dovey and then when you come down off of this specific drug you're gonna chew your face off mm -hmm. they don't tell you oh you should get some b vitamins for that yeah or they're not gonna help you prep for it either they're not gonna tell you well you should make sure that you have a good meal in you mm -hmm. um, that you have something to anchor onto mm -hmm. that you have a friend to go to that you know that you're not just doing it alone mm -hmm. and that you're taking things responsibly knowing your dosages knowing mm -hmm. where you got your um your drugs from yeah uh, testing them if need be and yeah. like there's not a lot of places to test you have mm -hmm. to get a lot of that stuff online yeah yeah and i mean thankfully there is some of that research available online right yeah but you're you know what you're talking about is it gets right at the idea of the stigma right behind all drug use right oh like, yeah yeah that it's all the same yeah no difference yeah, there's no right? difference between heroin and ecstasy yeah or mushrooms and cocaine yeah, yeah. everything's the same we're going to put even even cannabis right there's lots of people that still think cannabis is the same as all oh, the yeah, other shit the devil's lettuce and <laughs> the if you, smoke it lettuce. Once, you know it only takes one weed to one you know, weeds to mess up your entire life <laughs> i love that one weeds one weeds <laughs> the weed snorters right <laughs> Every time I hear weed snorter, I think I think of that like hairless cat that's on the memes. Yeah, and it's always like yeah. the meme of like the old white lady is like this old wrinkled hairless cat. <laughs> weed snorter. Weed snorter. One of my favorites that I saw is uh, these two little My Little Pony uh, mm. characters, and one of them's like, "Hey, you wanna." do a marijuana and the other one takes the bong and it's just like all right and she starts sipping from it and i'm just like that is great that's classic beautiful perspective on that so so between the festivals yeah so what have you noticed is a big difference between say chasing the summer mm -hmm. i mean obviously you mentioned one of the big differences is that there's no paramedics to help yeah or, or nothing organized in terms of helping people with harm reduction. And right? likely more cop present than anything else. Probably cop heavy, right? Yeah. Okay, so you noticed that? Oh yeah, well, a lot of the security that's at the festivals is hired out through uh, private companies. Mm -hmm. um, there was a case though at Motion Ocean one year um, where the security company was way too, way too hardcore for the festival. Mm -hmm. And you know, all judgment, dragging people away from stages for like not really much of a reason or dancing and being high yeah like <laughs> oh my gosh how dare you do that in the forest jesus lock yeah. them up but uh <laughs> like comparatively um you know when you go to the festivals you're the mentality is so much different than being in the city for mm. a concert yeah um everybody is wearing their uh fancy clothes and their mm. great costumes everyone is hello how are you oh i love you you're yeah. a random stranger let me give you a hug and you know the security's not looking to bust you mm. they're just asking if you have any alcohol because they don't want alcohol there because yeah. that typically changes the vibe quite a bit fucks everything up and a lot of the places are you know uh, shambhala is a working farm during the summer and they don't want glass everywhere because they yeah. have cows that will come out and eat it yeah and I feel like when you try to do an event like that in the city, it's so restricted that it mm. just takes out the idea and the freedoms that yeah. a lot of people are looking for. It's kind of behind the festival idea, right? Yeah, it's exactly. It's to be free and... Well, it's the counterculture too, right? Yeah. Like it's that, it's that place where you can, when you go out to the festivals, that's your place where you can be a little bit more freer, a little mm. bit more sillier. You can be that kid that you want to be. Mm. 
And you can also, you know, have deep conversations and mm -hmm. you can spark up a joint anywhere and no yeah. one's going to say anything. Yeah. And so it really does change the vibe when you're not looking over your shoulder every second to mm -hmm. see if, you know, someone, oh, you're doing it wrong. You're doing something wrong. You're doing this wrong. You're doing yeah. that wrong. And one of the things that I like so much about the sanctuary is it's completely guilt free. Yeah. Like we want people to come in if they need to. Yeah. And, you know, we let them know that we're running. We ask them to come during the day, check out the space. Mm -hmm. So one, they know where it is, uh, what's going on with it, what we're about. Um, they can sign our little guest book, mm -hmm. which we, we do fill out files of a lot of our cases that come in. People can choose to use a different name or whatever. Yeah. The idea behind that is just so we know that people are actually using the service and, yeah. and so that we can continue to get funding for it and that it can be a model for other festivals that want to start mm -hmm. up, uh, concerts and things like that to get a a grasp of that you can have these and you can make them extremely safe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good man. I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah. And it, it makes me it makes me interested in, in trying to be a part of that somehow, the the group of helping, right? Being there to help people who are going through stuff like that. Yeah. Even and to volunteer because it I just it's so necessary, man. Oh, it's very necessary. And you might not always be concentrating on drugs or it might not be someone that's be coming in for that. My uh, first time doing it at Shambhala, it was, a, it was a day shift. They don't usually give people the Saturday night shifts um, or like the busy nights. Uh, I now, like I'm known as the guy that will always take the Saturday nights. Mm -hmm. Like I'm the guy that's like, put me second in charge. Cool, let me, mm -hmm. you know, uh, we always call it the Saturday night shit show. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but you definitely need your, your best A team on there. Yeah, you gotta be switched on. But the first time I ever did it, an hour into our shift, this guy walks in. He's like, I don't know if I'm in the right place. We're like, mm. we're pretty sure anywhere you are right now is the right place. So yeah. what's up? And he's like, well, my friend was coming up to the festival and he got into a car accident and died. And uh, Jesus. A yeah, a couple of the other uh, guys I was with, they kind of looked blank. Mm -hmm. And I've dealt with death before and things like that. And so I was like, okay, well, let's, let's sit down and let's talk things over. Mm. And you know, he he felt guilty for it because he was bringing his friend up to this festival to change his life. Initially, his friend had such a bad uh, couple of years that it was you know it was getting scary. Yeah. And he's like, my friend is you know he's lost his job, his family, everything, and now we're not too sure if he's how much longer you know we're gonna have him. Yeah. And so he's like, well, come to this festival; it'll change your life. And a lot of people will say that about the festivals. Is I've heard that, yeah. There's something there that will help mm -hmm. change your life. And yeah, um, when he didn't make it, uh, the guy was blaming himself for it. Mm. And he's like, I need to go back to Calgary. And like, from my side, I was like, okay, well, you're emotional right now. Don't get in a car. Mm -hmm. You probably haven't slept. Don't you go get some sleep, go yeah. get some food in you, recharge yourself. Get yourself ready because you've just been through a lot of emotion mm -hmm. just right away. And you're no you're in no condition to drive. You're no yeah. condition to help anybody in this yeah. state. And like I talked with him for a good hour and a half. Yeah, and that very was wise though. And that was what was needed. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. So man. it's not just the drugs that come into the festival, it's everything else. Yeah. We're so complex. We're so full of well, that's the thing, though. Like the people who don't understand drugs in general might think it's all about the drugs, right? But like, yeah. 
But like you just talked about this guy coming there with this heavy heart, right? Mm -hmm. And like how many other people are there with heavy hearts trying to find that life changing, whatever it might be there, right, for them. And it may have, it may, in fact, it probably has nothing to do with the drugs at all. Oh, exactly. In, in terms of the freedom you feel, right? Like, yeah. Just, well, that's a whole other thing that people aren't used to. Mm -hmm. It's amazing to go up there, and uh, I'm a bit of a, a veteran up there because yeah. I've been so many times, but it's so neat to see um, the younger uh, people come in. And like, all they want to do is tell someone, tell a stranger, I, I love you. Mm -hmm. And like, that's a big thing for them. It's huge, man. Yeah. And to not, and to have it reciprocated or just to know that it's okay to say that. It's mm -hmm. okay to not have to be all in yourself and stressed mm -hmm. out. And this is, these are the places where you kind of get this freedom. Yeah. And sometimes it takes a little bit of substance mm -hmm. to help people open up in ways like that. Yeah. Well, we know some of the substances people use, like uh, psilocybin, cannabis, maybe even LSD. I don't know what else is out there, but those are like things that I'm aware of, right? Yeah. Um, that are not only uh, used for recreation, but they're also used for therapy. So. Oh, very much so. Oh, yeah. Like, I remember how much um, I was uh, my first shambhala. I was up with uh, my friends and we were in a tent and we had, you know, we ate ourselves some mushrooms. Mm -hmm. And like just the just the memories that were coming to us and what we were talking about was so it was so lovely. It was like we got to know so much about each other mm -hmm. and and the good and the bad. Yeah. And it was just a, and it was very healing, especially to, you know, mm -hmm. be able to share that with people yeah. and, you know, get some of that stuff out because because trauma, trauma. It is, and however you can get it out. Yeah, and like right? that's something that uh, a lot of people don't talk about is like their personal traumas, mm -hmm. and you know what might have led them towards you know recreational drug use or mm -hmm. just seeing what's on the other side. Yeah, uh, I can use myself as an example. Mm -hmm. I had a really messed up time during my. Uh, sort of that transition from elementary to junior high. I was going to go back. I was going to ask you if you wouldn't mind going back, just yeah. what you're doing, but to, to kind of illustrate how you got to that place. Oh, yeah. Okay. Like how uh, you got to the place where you are now, where you, you really want to give back that way. Yeah. Um, so during that uh, time period from, I think it was about grade six to grade, uh, well, it went on to my high school years, mm. but basically everything was changing fast. Um, when we're in elementary, we start to get used to the fact that parents were separating and getting divorced. Yeah. So, you know, that itches in the back of your head. You're like, oh, I wonder what my parents are going to, or mm -hmm. if that's the thing that's going to happen. You, you don't want to admit to it. Um, so we had moved up into uh, Beddington from our house we were before. And at that point, um, my parents had split up. Um, my mother started to uh, see another fellow. And... Um, that's tricky times. Yeah, and like my mother started to come home a lot, just wasted, just drunk, mm -hmm. uh, wasted, um, crying. Uh, she suffered a lot of depression, and especially in her youth, her parents died when she was young, and oh, man. she was around death for quite a like a large span of her life. Yeah, and um, we don't have the greatest of hearts in my family, and she always knew that that was going to be something mm -hmm. as well. Um, so at that point, um, my dad's from Israel, okay. and so they, they did their separation, and then uh, my grandma died in Israel, so my dad flew over uh, to deal with that, and you know, he was under a lot of like, uh, stress mm -hmm. um, 
he had a t like he has a tendency to be a workaholic and you know when you're owing money for this and that mm -hmm. we just bought a new house and now his marriage is falling apart and then his mom passes away mm -hmm. so he went to israel and then on his way back um he was in frankfurt and he suffered through a nervous breakdown oh jeez. so um yeah he uh, we came to the airport to pick him up and four hours later we're like where's our dad why is yeah. it he here what's going on no messages no nothing so um, we traced it back found out about the nervous breakdown and then he went back to Israel to live there so at that time during that transition suddenly the house needs to get sold mm -hmm. all this stuff and I move in with my mom and her uh, her boyfriend, who was quite the abusive alcoholic. Mm, shitty man. Yeah, so, you know, um, there was a point where I was supposed to go to Israel in that transition from six to seven, mm. but that didn't quite pan out. And so I missed a good chunk of that first year. And then I was also, you know, you're dealing with puberty, and then you're also dealing with going home to a small apartment, mm. and someone's calling you all the worst names you've ever heard. You don't know why they're treating you like this. You know, like I'm sleeping on a couch in the living room and it's it's rough. Yeah. And so a lot of my high school or my junior high school years were consistent of me just skipping and mm -hmm. not really going. Lots of negative stuff at home. Uh, and half the time I'd go escape to um, one of like my best friend's house because his parents were very hippie, very relaxed and mm -hmm. things like that. And so it's just a good it was a better atmosphere for me. Yeah. So I used to go there a lot. Um, so yeah, as I was going through, you know, school, dealing with home stuff, trying to deal with school stuff, mm -hmm. all that pressure, and then just sinking into deep depressions and things like that, I kind of was just like, well, I don't know what to do anymore. And I was pretty straight clean, uh, mm -hmm. didn't touch any alcohol or any substances. And then I think when I was about 16, um, you know, I was at that point where I'm like, I don't care about life anymore. I don't mm. care about this, that, or the other thing. It's all crap right now. Yeah. So why not just, you know, try a little pot with my friends, smoke yeah. a little bit of that and kind of see what it does. And mm. yeah, it was, uh, I mean, it was nice. It was a bit of a getaway. It was mm -hmm. fun to get all giggly with your friend. <laughs> yeah. You know, you watch cartoons, you, <laughs> you play video games and, mm -hmm. you know, like it becomes, um, quite the quite the thing and uh at that time i was also i ended up getting sent to one of the worst schools in calgary which like uh i wouldn't say worst in like behavioral school mm -hmm. so van horn i went there i heard that name yeah so it's basically if you take all the kids that are having problems behavioral mm -hmm. all that sort of thing you jam them all into one place and you just kind of let it go it's from there. just a really good solution to the problem right put everybody together Everybody together. Just not locking the doors on the outside. <laughs> yes, good point. <laughs> right? Only the strong sir. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's only four ladders out. Gladiator school. <laughs> That's right. right. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Come in, get ready. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Everyone comes in, five leave. <laughs> <laughs> Every day, 50 come. And every day, five leave. Just five. <laughs> <laughs> so going through all that and, um, you know, 
at that point, it was like, okay, well, let's let's try some things. We got into the pot, and then um, a lot of people say, you know, the pot's the gateway. And it's like, no, mushrooms are totally the gateway. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember for myself having a, a we one of my first times having mushrooms. We drank a large dose of mushroom tea, mm-hmm. and we all sat around a campfire with numerous people coming in and out. And I stared in the fire most of the night, and you know, little conversations here and there, but. Just staring in the fire, I'm like, I understand it all. It all makes so much sense Mm. now. And, um, you know, I really picked up my spirit. Um, During school, I went from, uh, like, during junior high, I went from being that kid that wasn't there who was quite down and everything. Mm. And I found at one point, I'm like, well, forget it. Like, let's let's take away this downness. Let's put on a happy mask and see where that gets me. Mm. And it seemed to work. It was, uh, it was a way to hide my pain mm-hmm. and it was a way to be a little bit more outward. And, uh, you know, before I knew it, I was skipping down the hallways. Mm. People knew my name. Um, I started doing uh, like drama classes at school. Mm-hmm. And that was, I think, where a lot of my heart was. And that's mm. where I got to bring out a lot of my... Um, frustration a lot of my emotion and you know yeah get applauded for it yeah <laughs> good job yeah um and so as life kind of went on uh, i did some traveling here and there and then uh i started attending music festivals with uh, some friends mm-hmm. and i was blown away by how different of a world it was uh my first was Shambhala, and it was very early days of Shambhala, back when there was a lot of families that were attending. Oh, okay. uh, the outhouses were just wooden with the doors nearly falling off mm. of them. And uh, it was suddenly my introduction into this whole other lifestyle, this whole other mm. world, this whole other ideas. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the more I started to uh, delve into it, the more I realized how interesting it is. Mm. And um, even with... Uh, coming back and being in Calgary and doing trips with friends, I always found that I was very good at helping them through a trip, mm-hmm. helping set the the mood, keep it light, you yeah. know, like, uh, and when someone had something to talk about, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I was a listening ear and there for them. And so it really sparked my interest of, you know, oh, this is cool that I can help these people out and that, you know, I'm not only learning, they're learning. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's co-sympathetic. It's beautiful that mm-hmm. way. And then a friend's like, well, why don't you come do like sanctuary work at a festival? I'm like, well, what's that? Because mm-hmm. at that point, I was not really aware of it, that yeah. that was a thing. And so she's I like, just love the idea of it, man. Right? Yeah. And so I'm like, yeah, sure. What do I have to do? She's like, okay, yeah. well, um, we're doing a training course and you sit for about eight hours with mm-hmm. a bunch of cool people and literally talk about drugs all day. <laughs> Which is pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a good time, actually. <laughs> yeah. And then they're like, okay, well, um, you just choose which festival, contact this person, <clears throat> tell them why you want to do it, and mm-hmm. see what happens. And that's when it happened. And uh, my experiences with it have been very interesting. And yeah. I've met a lot of cool people. And, you know, like, it's neat, though. Uh, I was showing Dave this earlier, but it's uh, mm. a book that... Um, uh, the EMS team. Is they there a, do. Can I ask real quick? Is there a link for it? I like the name. Yeah, like a link that we can we can give to people if they oh, want to yeah. buy it. Uh, yeah. So uh, I think the website might be on here. They, you can find it on Amazon. 
Yeah, I'll let you kind of leak through that there. And Darcy will make some notes so that we can attach. So, so when your episode comes out, we just want to make sure people can find the book that you were a part of writing. So Oh, yeah, I, I think they'll like it a lot. Uh, a meeting that the emergency team that um, uh, they do quite a bit of festivals and yeah. that became their their specialty. Mm -hmm. And they're all very highly trained and wonderful people. And so with with all with being able to go to the party, to be able to be part of the party, to help out, mm -hmm. to do all these things, it's just been amazing. Mm -hmm. And it, like, you get excited about dancing in the forest every summer. Yeah, You get hyped about not knowing what kind of a shift you're gonna walk into, what's mm -hmm. the thing that's gonna happen. How long does that festival go on for? Uh, Are they normally a certain amount of time or? It is, so basically, um, it started off as a weekend thing. It was okay. originally a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, but then they added the Thursday because they found that people were starting to show up early and they mm -hmm. had a lot more people. So they're like, okay, well, we'll do Thursday night. We'll open up like a couple of stages, just have a more of a quiet night. Mm -hmm. Then people wanted to arrive on Wednesday. So they <laughs> opened it up to people arriving on Wednesday. Music yep. starts Thursday. Uh, staff and volunteers, mm -hmm. we like to arrive on Monday. Yeah. Wow. So we get the best camping spots, we get the way of the land, mm -hmm. um, and also it sets a tone. There's, you know, like, you see all these people that are there to help out, to build the stages, to do that, to mm -hmm. make all this magic, uh, the visuals, and the sound, and the music, and the art everywhere. And it's a community. Mm. And so you build this up, and then you watch everyone come in, and you do the festival uh, Monday morning. Uh, you're allowed to stay because you're a volunteer, and you mm -hmm. can just have a nice, relaxing day while everybody, you know, slowly exoduses. Yeah. And it's uh, it's such a good time. And you know, you come back to the city and you feel refreshed. You you mm -hmm. return to um, as it's called in the scene, the default world. Yeah. But you try to bring that that bit of sunshine, that bit of spark with mm -hmm. you. That whatever you took from the festival, you can kind of integrate in. Mm -hmm. That's so cool, man. So having been to many, and I've never been to one, um, have you ever been to one? No. Never? Okay. Sam, no. have you ever snuck off and gone to a festival? No. No? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to make sure. Because, I mean, yeah, I know you're not going to... You yeah, you're not going to tell me in front of your dad. I get it. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> nudge, nudge. <laughs> um, so do you... What, what are the common things? Like we, you mentioned freedom, just feeling freer, right? Yeah. Like a little bit freer. What are some of the other common things that people experienced going to festivals? Now, the reason I'm asking you is because I am, we're, we're very interested in harm reduction, right? And my agency is harm reduction based. So yeah. we don't require people to be abstinent in order to get help because we don't, we just don't, right? Like right. there's lots of reasons why people do it the other way and I get it. Yeah. Um, but one of the reasons why we're this way is because I, I, I love people and I, I don't want to pretend that I don't love people. Right. I, I don't want to pretend just because you're using drugs that I don't love you. Yeah. Because it's not true. And you can't you can't just hug one person and shove the other person away. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And and that and that was what came to be for us. I think I don't. I'm not speaking for you, but as an agency, it's it's where we come from because um, I don't ever want someone to feel like they're a piece of shit. Right. And if they're high, I don't care, especially especially if they're high, maybe, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the one time they really don't need anyone treating them yeah. like, like, like garbage. garbage. Yeah. Or like they don't matter because they do matter. Mm. And they need to know that they matter. And even just somebody coming up and being like, hey, 
Yeah, matter. And, and like as you're saying that, I, I, I feel like that might be a big takeaway for lots of people. It's just they leave there thinking that they matter. Well, yeah. They, Even they if they did mushrooms or whatever they did, right? Like, yeah, well, they, find, they find a community that they're like, oh, I didn't know people like this existed. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that people are putting, like going to the nines on their costume just so that someone will walk up to them and be like, you're Goku from Dragon Ball. That's a great costume. <laughs> yeah. And things like that. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of people take quite a quite the spiritual from there too. Yeah. Um, you know, it perception is such an interesting thing. Mm -hmm. And when you alter it, yeah. there's a lot that you know you're not expecting to see to mm -hmm. um to take in. And it becomes really interesting. And there mm -hmm. is also this like sense of belonging. Yeah. And I think that's um and it almost like it almost feels like there's a bit of something for everybody up there and you mm. never know when you're going to run into it. Yeah. Um, I was, uh, I had met this completely new group. I went up one year. I didn't know anybody, even the girl that I was getting a ride with. I had just, um, met on Kijiji basically. Mm. And, um, you know, suddenly we arrive and she sees someone that she knows. And then we meet this whole camp of people from uh, the States that were, was just uh, amazing. Mm. Before I know it, like that night we're traveling in a group of 12 of us and um, we reach a little area and um, we go into sort of this art space that they have set up. And uh, one of the girls, she walks through this door and there's all these pieces of paper hanging mm. uh, with something written on them. And what she does is she just walks right in and she like gravitates to one, looks at it, reads it and just breaks down crying. Mm. And we're like, oh, and she's like, I don't know what it was, but that is exactly what I needed to read. That mm. like resonated so much with her that she's just like, guys, I just had an experience. Mm. And we're like, tell us about it. <laughs> no. Like, please. I think that excitement, right? Of, of like when people can feel that way, you yeah. know, like when they have a story to tell and, and everyone around them is kind of excited to hear it. And it's that mutual connection. Right? right. And it's that magic that we don't think is going to happen. Yeah. Uh, one year I went up and I knew uh, one of my best friends was going to be up there. Mm -hmm. I don't see him very often because he's in Seattle. And uh, so it's the Thursday night. And of course, it's night and there's people running around everywhere. I'm like, there's no way I'm finding Andrew tonight. This is not <laughs> happening. I'm like, so I accepted it. I'm like, OK, well, let's just go with the flow of the night, see what happens. Uh, so they had like, this little tea shop that was set up in this little area. and. So I made my way towards mm -hmm. it and I stopped at this tree to read this placard that was sitting on the tree. And there's a person down below also reading the plaque. And there's this beautiful like poem about like friendship and mm -hmm. connectivity and the people in our lives are so important to us mm -hmm. and you know, the ones we love. And um, I was just standing there, I read it. I'm like, wow, that was super beautiful. And the person below was like, yeah, it was super beautiful. And I look, I'm like, Andrew? <laughs> and sure enough, there's my like best friend like there. And I'm like, no way. And so his friend had gone into the tea shop. She said, I walked in and two seconds later, there's these two guys rolling around on the mud, just like happy as clams yeah. to see each other. Just like, yeah. <laughs> That's like, awesome, man. Yeah. And it really, it's really interesting when there's a lot of synchronicity that starts to mm. uh, come into the festivals. I was at the Burning Man Festival and my friends, they accidentally locked their keys in the RV. And then one of them said, if only there was a locksmith. Two seconds later, a locksmith car comes right down the aisle. We're like, how does this happen? <laughs> like, this is too cool. Yeah, it's because you're out of the way and you're just enjoying the moment, right? Yeah, and you're, you're truly living in the moment, in the yeah. flow. Yeah, that's so cool, man. Isn't it?
Yeah, and I and I know, like as we're talking, we we have an audience that lots of people were in recovery and don't they can't use anything and 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 all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and and that's okay, right? That's the, more than the reason okay. we're we're sharing this. The reason one of the reasons I wanted to share this with everybody that we speak to, whoever they are, all five of them, um, <laughs> was because uh, it, it's important to hear, right? It's important to hear that first of all, drugs aren't bad. Right? Nope, not it's not all. drugs that are bad. It's it's how we react to them. It's how we use them. It's all those kinds of things that make them. And I'm using quotation marks of bad um, because obviously it's not bad. It, it's simply um, it's been they have all been demonized yeah. to be the enemy. And the enemy is our true self. Like that's our enemy, right? Of like, course, yeah. The the enemy for me has always been me. Mm-hmm. And so when I look out into the world, I think, well, that's probably true for most people. We are probably our biggest enemies. Right? Yeah, we are har- our harshest critics. Yeah, we are harshest on ourselves, mm-hmm. and we always think maybe that people don't quite see us in the light that mm. we want them to see us in. Yeah. And yeah, we need acceptance. Yeah, of course, <laughs> and and that's one of the re- one of the things is that as as a sober alcoholic, right? Um, I know lots of alcoholics who are sober, but the idea of even talking about yeah harm reduction scares the bejesus out of them. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and rightfully so, because maybe they're afraid they're going to go backwards and end up in a bad part of their life again. And I get that. Right. Yeah. Well, they don't want to relapse and they don't want to go mm-hmm. back to where things are negative. So yeah. the best thing to do is to keep yourself away from it and yeah. don't really bring it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's interesting when you find um, there's a lot of people at uh, festivals, uh, especially Burning Man, I find is an easier one to. Um, so I have this joke um, that uh, happens to me at festivals where I'm having too much fun and I forget to take my drugs. <laughs> that, that just yeah. happens. And people yeah. are like, oh, what'd you take tonight? I'm like, oh, I was planning on doing this, but then it didn't happen. And they're like, what? Did you feel bad about it? I'm like, no, I, oh, I danced over here and I did this and I met these people. And uh, one thing is uh, the festivals, there is like, there's camp clean beats and mm-hmm. it's at many festivals where people can come, they can enjoy the rave, yeah. but they don't need to get high. They don't yeah. need to do this and, and they do need support. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been in the water line at Shambhala before and I heard someone say, um, well, people don't want to do drugs. They shouldn't be up here. And, you know, I was like, no, no, that's not the, that's not a way to go. Mm-hmm. If people want to come up here and dance and be clean, good for them yeah. and you know what like it's not a prerequisite to come to these parties and do drugs yeah it's it's, it's about if it's about freedom yeah and that means it's about freedom exactly to be high or not to be high whatever you want right yeah and there's yeah. like so many other ways to find your freedom mm-hmm. i mean dance itself becomes such a beautiful trance and once you mm-hmm. block like you know once you make it your own and you're you're not sub or you're not self-conscious but you're self-conscious mm-hmm. it's a nice little difference there yeah um, then you're, you know, you're that much freer. Mm-hmm. You're finding different ways to naturally find these highs and these mm-hmm. trances and things. Yeah. And, and knowing that there's obviously more to that gathering than just drugs. Right. And, right. and there's and more to people. There's more, way more to people than that. Yeah. Yeah. Way more to people. And I, I think that's the, that's the interesting part. So for me, having these conversations is beautiful for me because I don't get to have them with a lot of people that I have fellowship with because they're trying not to do anything, right? So we don't have these conversations. Yeah, and they don't really want to go into those conversations. And like, I appreciate it a, that. I it totally is a darker do. place. Yeah. And yeah, like, and that's more than fair, especially because mm-hmm. there are triggers. 
Yeah, of course there would be, right? If you're there and if you're easily triggered, it's probably not the best place to go, no. right? But if you're not easily triggered and you like to dance and you can handle saying no and, and being around people who are doing that stuff, good on you. Oh, right? yeah. Like, yeah. Good I mean, that, that's just, you know, looking the devil in the eyes and saying, I can dance. Yeah, <laughs> you can, right? And you can dance. And, and there's lots of, I know lots of people who probably do go to festivals and they might even get a hard time going because they're sober, right? Yeah. Hard time from their friends and other sober people in their lives because one of the things that happens with some, not everybody, of course, but when they get sober, they get judgmental, right? Yeah. About yeah. anything that's not sober. And, and that's a tough thing too. It like, is. And it's, and it's hard to explain to them that, um, you know, you can, you can do these things mm -hmm. and it doesn't have to be a habit. You don't have to mm -hmm. attach yourself to it. Your identity doesn't be, have to be attached to mm -hmm. it. Um, you don't even have to do it. And you might find a different reason. Like some people will go in for a complete, they're like, I want to have a spiritual experience and things mm -hmm. like that. And maybe they might. Otherwise, they might just have a lot of fun. Yeah. On the other side, they might go in being like, I want to have a lot of fun. And boom, spiritual experience. Yeah. And they're like, shit, that was amazing. <laughs> but uh, I I, I'm good on the drugs. Mm -hmm. But wow, I yeah. just learned something I was not expecting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's incredible, man. The once we get out of our own fear and stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. And well, and that's the thing is fear. Is, yeah. Fear is always that dominating force with a lot mm -hmm. of people. And if if you're recovering, that fear is, you know, it, it can be a useful tool. Mm -hmm. Well, it is a useful tool because I haven't had a drink in many years. And it's a very useful tool for me to be a little bit afraid of drinking. Right? Yeah, of, of course. But I have to be afraid of drinking. So what I don't do is I, for me, um, I, I just, I try to not be around people who are drinking. Right? Yeah. Because drinking is going to kill me. I know it will because of how I behave once I took a couple of drinks. Oh, yeah. Well, and you know yourself that well. You know that. I sure hope so as a, after a certain point of time. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hope so, especially if we can manage to, like, get some distance between us and our catastrophes, right? Like those, yeah. whatever they are. And I, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I don't want to have all these conversations with everybody I know. It's, it's good to have them with people who understand, though. Right. Yeah. Well, it's uh, it's and the compassion, compassion guy too. Yeah. Like I, I don't know if I could be as good in the sanctuary if I mm -hmm. had not, you know, had previous trips. Yeah. If I had not, you know, figured my own self out mm -hmm. during these trips, or you know, no one I needed to ask for help. Yeah. And, and just like certain obvious things that you're just like, um, for instance, I had this one guy and. Um, Looks like he was really holding something in, and then he just like let a big yell out, and he ran over to a tree, and like security and everything was looking all like we have we had one security guy just hanging out in the sanctuary, mm -hmm. and he was like ready to go and do something, and instead I was just like, "You did it, buddy! You got it out! Good job!" I mm -hmm. applauded him, and he just suddenly went from this kind of like half confused, this really happy look mm -hmm. to his face, and it was just like I knew from my experiences that. It, it just felt like he had to let something out mm -hmm. and he should be honored for it mm -hmm. because that was exactly what he needed to do. Not yeah. to be like, oh, no yelling in here. Oh, yeah. why did you do that? Or that's bad. Or next time he like, no. You're causing a disturbance or. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he just needed to know that it was okay to mm -hmm. <laughs> let out let a scream. Nice. 
<laughs> I just love the idea of that, right? Like um, now, obviously, the idea of it's not necessarily what it turns out to be. Of course, right? it's always a lot different than you think. You for sure, you can't prepare for it. Yeah, the, but the idea of that in itself, of not being able to prepare for it but doing it anyway, yeah. is pretty amazing, right? Like it's that a, there's humans doing that. Yeah, well, you got to take faith in yourself that everything is going to turn out okay. Mm. Um, a lot of this actually bumps back to a lot of the stuff we do in improvisation Okay. where um, everything's, you know, you can't plan. You can't plan an improvisation because mm. it takes you out of the moment. It takes you away from your partner mm. and you miss things. But yeah. when you're in sync with it and you're obvious and it just flows, you don't, mm. you don't even need to know your script. Like there's no script Yeah. and you don't even need to really think it out you just had to have faith that whatever you say and do is the right thing yeah yeah so long as it's coming out of a place of love and not judgment it's gonna be okay yeah and right? it's like why put yourself under that pressure and that stress ahead of time mm. things can't be perfect they're perfect the way they are mm. um, I've met many people especially in the drug community who it almost seems like they have a full itinerary for their night. They're like, mm. I'm going to drop this. It's going to be this amazing at this time. I'm going to watch this DJ and it's going to mm. be even better. And then I'm going to go play this. You know, they have this plan and then, you know, um, they drop their thing and they're like, oh, I'm sad. I'm missing grandma right now. Mm. And oh, this is not good. Or, mm. you know, something just turns them off and they've yep. set themselves so much expectation that it's, you know, then their trip becomes bad because mm -hmm. they're, they're wanting it to be something it can't be because yes. you need to flow. Well, and that's the, but that's the thing with the flow and with those, uh, some of the chemicals like psilocybin and stuff is that it's all a part of the flow, mm. right? Because it's, it's more in, in tune with, um, with that flow mm -hmm. to be slower, to be easier on each other, ourselves, to be like, I think that's probably if we're going to evolve into something, I hope that's what we evolve into is that higher consciousness that realizes, first of all, we are all connected and we are all the fucking same. And it doesn't matter what you believe in over here or over there. We're still fucking humans. We're still the same. It's great that you believe what you believe. Please continue to do that without hurting other humans. One thing that I do usually, um, it's the night before I'll do a shift mm -hmm. um, at uh, the sanctuary is so mushrooms are the ones that um, I'll do the night before because I know that by the time the sun comes up and I'm ready to go to bed and have that uh, good uh, amount of sleep before mm -hmm. my shift where I'll be good and sober. But I also feel like it unlocks something different in me. It, mm -hmm. It's like it's that higher self, um, the wise higher self that is just much more connected. Mm -hmm. And so when I walk in, there's just this other, you know, there's this other entity of me that mm. I get to share and you know, the wisdom of that kind of helps through it, yeah. which I've always found really interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, because what I, it sounds, what's to me, I'm just kind of putting shit together and making shit up, of course. Perfect. But the, <laughs> but the night before taking the mushrooms and then letting that work its way through your system and mm -hmm. then getting asleep, it would leave your brain open, I would imagine. Oh, yeah. Open to whatever, whatever it opened. Well, one of the most beautiful trips I did on mushrooms is I took them and I was waiting for some friends to get ready. Mm. And I sat down and um, I just started breathing and I was like, oh, what, let's have a little conversation with these mushrooms I just ate. And basically I was sitting there and I'm like, okay, I'm going to allow the entity and mm. myself to merge, to get together, set an intention. Mm -hmm. My intention was just to have a fun night and mm -hmm. just to feel good. And 
like I breathed it in. And by the time we were ready to go, you know, they had started to make their way. But mm -hmm. I felt so light, so, you know, mm -hmm. so nice. Yeah. <laughs> and I, it made for a very beautiful night. Mm -hmm. And it was like, it was accepting where I was, my environment, the people I'd be with, myself, and mm -hmm. the mushrooms themselves. And yeah, you just cool. let it do its thing. Well, and if you can, if you're able to do that and be able to be there in that moment, man, that's cool. Like, yeah. it's just so cool. That, yeah, because I mean, I've seen the other side of things where people are, they're not there. They're not, mm. and they're not aware of what they're doing, how they're acting. And it's, uh, it can be scary. Mm -hmm. um, we had this one girl that uh, she came in and at first we thought she's okay. And we guessed later down the road that it was probably PCP she mm. was on. But um Suddenly, she came bursting through the forest, tore her shirt off, and she was just about to, I don't know what she's about to do to a tree, but in my eyes, it was, she's probably going to, like, scrape her face all over this, like, tree. And mm -hmm. I, like, and I just happened to be at the right spot, and I leapt out, and I grabbed her, and I put her down to the ground, just as gently as mm -hmm. I could. And I was like, okay, well, we need to, you know, we have to do a bit of subduing here. Mm -hmm. And like her legs were going like a jackhammer mm -hmm. and like they took a few of us. Luckily we have uh, tearaway lanterns because um, a few of us got those grabbed and yeah. pulled. And uh, she was completely out of like out of control. She mm -hmm. couldn't really recognize anything. She was going through emotions. Like there was no tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Like one minute she's happy, one minute she's sad. Mostly she was horny. <laughs> <laughs> And she's there being like, put it in me, put it in me, put it in me. And I'm like, that's not polite. Because <laughs> you, know, you have to have a sense of humor with these yeah, kind you of do. things. Yeah, and like, you, do. Um, you know, she went on like this for a bit. Eventually her boyfriend did show up and like, he was shocked at what he, um, what he saw. And um, he's like, she's been like this the whole time. I'm like, oh, no, she's been up and down and stuff. Mm -hmm. And, but, and, I sort of lied because mm. she had been like asking all anyone around to put it in her. Yeah. And I was just like, you know what? She was asking for you the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just trying to, because <laughs> I mean, he's standing there and he's like near tears. Yeah. He must have like, been scared. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, oh, let's not <laughs> make you feel any worse. Yeah. And um, yeah. So eventually they did have to, the med team came in, uh, gave her sedatives. Uh, they had to do it a couple of times just to even calm her. Mm. But then you also get this thing too is because um, we talked to Med later and they're like, yeah, she left. She had no idea really what was going on. And, you know, like she didn't really learn anything from it because mm -hmm. she thought she had a great time. <laughs> that was great for her. That was great for her. Yeah. And not so great for everybody around her. And yeah. um, I don't know how that relationship also, you know, went mm -hmm. after that. But there's also that thing of, did you did you experience and did you learn from your experience? Mm -hmm. That's one thing that um, sometimes we get in sanctuary that's not so good. Yeah, is we get people that are repeatedly doing the same thing. Yeah, um, and you can tell there's, uh, you know, the the addictive part of it's there. Mm -hmm. um, there's a story in the book there uh, that uh, I wrote. What's the name of the book? I, it's called uh, the Festival Diaries. The Festival Diaries. Festival Diaries. Cool. Yeah, really good. Um, but I was leading the sanctuary at Motion Ocean, and um, of course I had I had a team, and there's a guy on the team, and something just told me something was up. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, something's different. And um, my friend Stephanie, who does the EMS, who was literally across the path, uh, we're really good friends, and she 
she knows that if, if something's mm -hmm. troubling me, that there's something, there's got to be something. Mm -hmm. So I walked up to her and I was just like, I don't know what it is, but this guy who's supposed to be working <coughs> my sanctuary tonight is either high or he's dealing. Mm -hmm. And so um, we actually organized a little sting operation because he kept asking to like leave the sanctuary to go do something. And mm -hmm. then he'd walk in weird directions. We're like, what is going on? So we kind of organized a little sting and we followed him a little bit. And uh, her husband actually got uh, these really good photos from inside a, a car of him like snorting. Mm. So uh, he came back and I had to dismiss him from my sanctuary. Yeah. And he had no clue really why. And I'm like, because you've been doing drugs on your shift. This yeah. is, we can't do this. This is not, this mm -hmm. is not safe for anybody. Mm -hmm. And then uh, later on, we found out that he was also dealing because um, there was a couple that was right behind uh, the med tent that he was trying to push drugs on and they were confused because he had a radio, he had mm -hmm. the uh, lanyard saying that he was working in the sanctuary and it yeah. scared them. They're like, why is this guy, like, is he part of you guys? Yeah. And why is he trying to push drugs? Like we thought this was, a safe zone mm -hmm. and so we had to boot him and yeah. apparently he pulled the same uh trick at another festival mm -hmm. and, and my friend who works the med was just like as soon as i recognized who it was i was like no but this is also very blatant an addiction that mm -hmm. he's not coping with yeah and that's where it gets a little bit a lot more interesting is are people learning from this mm -hmm. is this uh are these habitual habits that they're doing and you know are they I think what you're I think the truth is no matter how well it's set up yep. those guys are those folks are going to get in yeah. somehow right the people that want to make money will try to do whatever they can to make money of right? course yeah and I don't I don't know that you could in any capacity stop that from happening no but uh, until you catch them until you catch them <laughs> yeah but that's the thing is like when you are when you have you know, said right out, you've read every single thing that says, you cannot be high on your shift. You mm -hmm. cannot do this on your shift. And you've signed all the things being like, yeah, and then we catch you doing it. It's mm -hmm. just like, it, it's, it's harsh. It's such yeah. a kick. And it's like, what were you thinking? Like, yeah. you are here and, and it's scary to think, okay, you can't go a day without the substance. You can't go a day without this. That was like me and drinking. Yeah. Right. Same idea. And like, and that's that's when you know it's starting to get into destructive. That. Yeah. 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 And I mean, and the thing is, is you can't really. There's not much you can do at a festival about that. That's not. Yeah. There's nothing you can really do there. No. I mean, <laughs> I mean, there's stuff you could do in terms of like legal stuff, but it's not necessarily why you're there or what you want to do. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Like, and um, yeah. you know. So it's interesting, though. I mean, and I'm glad you're talking about some of the other side of it, right? Because yeah, I think it's very necessary. It is. It's important to let people know that, yeah, there is a great experience there. But if you struggle with certain things and you're still active and, and not able to control that, like manage it or whatever, um, it might not be the best place to go, right? right? Like, yeah. And for myself, I've given myself a little checklist just in case I hmm. find myself you know, doing something a little bit more. And mm -hmm. what I ask myself is, does it um, impede my basic needs? Like, am I not eating? Am I not sleeping? Am mm -hmm. I not, you know, grounded in that sort of sense? Yeah. And then the other side is, does this, um, do the drugs affect my social life, the people mm -hmm. I'm around? 
uh, the job that I work. Mm -hmm. And if any of those are effective negatively, yeah. then you've got, you should probably think Take about... Take a look at it. Yeah. Yeah. Because there is a point when, you know, as much as uh, the festivals are judgment-free and things mm -hmm. like that, is you still have to face your reality. And you yeah. have to face your consequences of what yeah. you're doing to other people mm -hmm. and what you're doing to yourself. And that's mm -hmm. where, you know, you need to... You need to know you need to know when to call yourself on it yeah no one right. else is going to do it for you that's right so having said that all those people out there that are listening that think that this is an idea just to hear about drugs and using drugs it's not what it's about right like we're not talking we're not i'm not trying to suggest to anyone they should do anything like, no neither except for do what makes you feel okay yeah. and that doesn't like you said ask those questions those, can you repeat those three questions you ask yourself? Yeah. Uh, so first of all, uh, does it impede my like my basic needs, mm -hmm. whether it's food, water, things like that? Okay. Um, does it disrupt my work or my social life mm -hmm. or things that I do socially? Like, there's no way I can go on stage high in any fashion. Mm -hmm. It's just not there. Yeah. So Plus, if you started doing it regularly, you might think something's wrong. Right? Yeah. Yeah, or if I'm affecting uh, friends or family, if mm -hmm. I'm treating somebody badly and it's yeah. because of drugs, then that is a sure sign to stop. Like mm -hmm. you got to be compassionate, to, not only to yourself, but to the others mm -hmm. around you. And if that's, it's a simple checklist, you know, mm -hmm. am I hurting myself? Am I hurting others? And am I, am I obstructing my life in any way? Mm -hmm. And if you can be like, nope, I think I'm pretty good. And you have a good reason why you want to, you know, yeah play around with the with the drugs then enjoy <laughs> yeah and and please be safe right? always be safe know yeah. your surroundings know the people you're with know where you got your drugs from have it tested if you mm -hmm. can because that's the other thing is you we we lose people to just not taking care of those basic things mm -hmm. i mean fentanyl is such a bitch mm -hmm. and it's taken out a lot of people and a lot of very innocent you know yeah youth. it's a real motherfucker man yeah and, you know, like you're not always going to have a person around with an Axlone kit. I carry one with me everywhere I go. There's one yeah. in my backpack right now. Or, you know, it, it's, it's a, it can be a very dangerous thing. Mm. It's, it's life-altering in many different ways. Yeah. Including harmful. Yeah. No, you're right. And that, I mean, that's the whole idea behind harm reduction, though, right? Is yeah. that what you're trying to do is reduce the harm that yeah. we inflict on ourselves and others, right? And... If, if a person can't do that, that's fine. Like, don't do that. Do something different. If, you, if harm reduction isn't your way, don't do it. Oh, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And it's not everybody's. Yeah, if you've never done drugs, you don't have to. Like, <laughs> the right? idea... And you don't have to do drugs to do harm reduction. Yeah, you know? and like, you don't have to be compassionate. You know, you don't... To be compassionate, you don't have to have gone through all this stuff. You could simply take your head out of your ass and realize that there's a lot of people out in, on this planet doing a lot of things, and most of them are okay. Yeah. Right? Most of them are. The, the fact that most, if most of us, if most people were like me when they drank, mm -hmm. well, then I would have a problem with drink, with alcohol being allowed, right? Yeah. But the truth is, most people aren't like me. The, yeah, like it's a, it's a 99% of the other people out there are not like me. Mm -hmm. There is that 1% of us that are so fucked up when we put that stuff in our system. Um, we should never touch it, right? Yeah. But and we have to understand that. Of course, and yeah. I'm sure learning that was not an easy task. Mm -hmm. No, it wasn't. It came through fucking pain. Right? Yeah. And that's, and, you know. I mean, like, now it's kind of fun thinking back about some of the shit that I'm alive still through. But right. at the time, it was fucking scary. 
but you survived and mm-hmm. you're better for it. And not only that, you're finding other ways to give back, mm-hmm. which is very important. I think you're right. I think it's the, in, in my mind for me, and I don't think this way for everyone, but I think for myself, the only reason I'm still here is to give back because without that, I have no purpose here, right? Mm-hmm. And um, because there, I mean, really, what would be the purpose? To right. fulfill my bank account with something? Like, no, I mean, it's... we already know I have no money. <laughs> so when Darcy decides to sue me, it's going to be for my hair, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> a great beard, too. Well, actually, well he's, a got, great, a, he's beard got the too. beard, yeah. As I look over, I'm like, oh. Yeah, I would steal his beard um, and keep my hair. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just, I really appreciate, oh, what time are we at right now? About an hour? Um, I really appreciate you coming in, Jeremy, and talking with me about this. Like, uh, is there anything else you want to talk about, man, in terms of your, you, your life? Um, uh, I'm not too sure. If there's, uh, do you have any questions? Questions always help. Oh, me yeah. I was going to ask you about traveling you've done. Yeah. So um, what was, how long did you go to India for? Uh, India is one of my bucket list places, right? So as soon as you said India, I was like, oh. Oh, yeah, yeah. You want to be all over that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I was... I was traveling for about a year Mm -hmm. and I spent, uh, I ended up going in and out of India. Uh, so in total seven months there. Cool. Yeah. And it is is epic. Is is it? Everything. It is so beautiful. It is, um, the word they say incredible India and Mm. it's right in every fashion. It's incredibly beautiful. It's incredibly rude. Mm. It's incredibly smelly. It's incredibly delightful. It's incredibly cute. Like it's all those things. And it's, it really does force you to be in the moment, Mm. to be with the people that are around you, to take things in. Um, And I I took in a lot while I was there and it's very interesting. Like, even the gods become very personal to you while you're mm-hmm. there. The land has a lot of magic. There's a lot of things teaching and teaching you constantly. You can't be in a rush or force something because then the universe goes, nope, we're going to close the train station mm-hmm. today for some random reason or yeah. this is going to happen. And so it's such a, it's such a flow and you, have to, and you have to flow with it. And you mm-hmm. have to see, you have to see everybody. You mm-hmm. have to see that, um, you know, Everyone is their own god in their own way, god or goddess, mm-hmm. and you have to honor that with them. And then the whole country just speaks to you. Yeah. I mean, it's a silly place. There's not a lot of logic. Yeah. Things don't make the most sense. But that's, what, uh, that's the, one of the impressions I get from reading about it. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's, it's like, like holy crap, that's confusing. <laughs> oh yeah, like when you go there, it 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 takes you for a ride. Like yeah. there's no other way about it. Uh, I remember one day I. When I went to go see the Taj Mahal, I woke up and I'm like, okay, let's let India take me for a ride. I'm going to hire a driver. I'm not really going to care about what I'm spending. I'm going to go for food, do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so got my driver and um, he took me to the worst hotels that cost too much <laughs> and like his friend's restaurant, which cost too much. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, the tourists run around. And at the end of the day, I felt so depleted of energy that after Taj Mahal, he's like, oh, let's go somewhere else. I'm like, nope, take me back to the crappy hotel. I'm mm-hmm. going to sit in my room and cry. Yep. <laughs> and um, yeah, I, I really learned uh, the whole energy thing from that was very uh, enlightening. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, I spent that money and I feel like shit. Yeah. I did all these things and I feel horrible. And 
I was like, there's got to be a different way about it. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing that I really discovered with India is once you slow down, once you take your time, once you uh, play with the people, Mm -hmm. ask for things, look for what you want, then you get wicked deals on the nicest places, Mm -hmm. you meet the coolest people, and suddenly, you know, like you're invigorated. You don't get drained. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, energy is a very interesting thing. That's definitely a country that will teach you everything you need to know about yourself <laughs> that's one of the impressions i get too which is why it's on my list is like oh that seems like self-discovery oh yeah <laughs> and that's scary oh it is but it's <laughs> so much fun it is it's worth it right like i, I used to travel lots and I, I think one of the reasons why i wanted to ask you about the travel is because i think for people out there now when we can travel mm-hmm. like it's just it's so important to open our brain. Yeah. Right, like it's just so to go well, to a I'd different say country. Open your heart too. Yeah, that, your heart that, too. You're yeah. right. Yeah, both things, right? And to to be able to become a more whole human, I think. Right. Oh yeah, like it'll teach you things, and like there's you're not gonna expect what happens. Uh, when mm-hmm. I was in Ottawa, I uh, met some of the uh, local homeless kids there that uh, they typically sleep under the bridge right outside of Parliament. Because if you go to the areas where the shelters are, there's too many drugs. Mm-hmm. They're like, it's too rough over there. There's yeah. crackheads everywhere. It's rough. And then... Um, it's where the dealers hang out too. Right? Yeah. And they just want to hang out under the bridge and have a quiet place. Mm-hmm. And uh, a friend of mine uh, ended up getting murdered while I was there. Oh, Jesus, man. They went to... Um, I said goodnight to them about 15 minutes before it happened. I was there on Parliament. So I was there, passed by, have a good night. And then... Uh, they went to go to sleep and this crackhead came and started pissing all over the place and my friend went up and was like, hey, can you not do that? And he got stabbed and mm. it, was, uh, it was very grim and it was, mm. it was a very interesting time. I was also reading the book of, uh, the Tibetan book of living and dying. So, oh, yeah. uh, you know, I have all these things on death in my brain and I'm like, well, you guys are warning. Let me share some interesting knowledge that mm. I read in this book that yeah. might help cope with things. It's an interesting book too. Yeah. Oh yeah, very interesting book. Mm. Especially, um, I was talking to a friend of mine, and she mentioned that um, uh, the Tibetan Book of Living and Dying is also very much uh, associated with um, is it Timothy O'Leary's uh, writings. Uh, Ram Dass and Timothy Leary, I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it, those have a lot of like interconnectedness, which uh, uh, I the Book read of the, the Dead was one of Ram Dass's, I think, one of his favorites. I think, yeah, oh. one of his fundamental, fun, foundational books, I should say. Oh, interesting. Yeah, oh. but yeah, and even like taking well. When you start throwing the whole spiritual aspect of mm. things and psychedelics and things like mm-hmm. that, it becomes a very interesting, you know. Oh, the world opens up incredibly. Well, eightfold. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, eight, eightfold at least. Yeah, eightfold <laughs> at least, if not more. Well, it, it's funny because what I what I've read about it and what I've used what I know about it in terms of the psychedelic stuff, it, it's almost like it takes a fold of your brain and folds it back. Like, and, and allows like more of your brain to breathe, right? Like, and if I can remember, yeah, and I, I know that from the readings and listening to other people, it's still the same, right? Like it, it hasn't changed. And the fact that, I mean, for so long, these, everything has been demonized. That wasn't, and you know what really bugs me about it is that I never clued in. Like I didn't clue in when I was younger. I still, yeah. I believe the the bullshit, right? Like, well, I mean, and we're also led to believe good guys and bad guys. That's that's what yeah. we grow up with, yeah. like cartoons and everything. There's good guys and bad guys, mm-hmm. and people throw labels like there's no tomorrow on yeah. things. And 
when you really look at it, you're like, nope, nothing is good, nothing's bad. Yeah. It just is. Most people are just people. They're not good or bad. Right? right? We're just humans trying to fucking live. Yeah, figure <laughs> things out. Yeah. Nowhere to go. Yeah. But it can be so confusing because we were told so many things are bad for us or stay away from mm. this and it's, you know, or party this way. Mm -hmm. Go get drunk over here like this yeah. with all these people. And yeah, as drink. long as you're not using this, this, or this, you're fine. Yeah, yeah. Buy our product, but don't yeah. use this, this, or that. <laughs> like, yeah, and if you're going to use Percocet, use responsibly. <laughs> if you're going to take your Oxys, use responsibly. Right. Yeah. Famous last words. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, dude, I really appreciate you coming in, man. Yeah, thank I, you. I, I do. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Uh, at, at the coffee place where my dad and I like to go. I just really appreciate you, man. So thank you. Yeah, and I appreciate you guys as uh, our customers and people that come mm -hmm. around. It's lovely. And, you know, it, it's always good to have the those customers that just, like, light you up when you see them. Because mm. it, it makes a huge difference in our day, too. I bet it does. Yeah. I bet it does, man. Because it makes a difference for us, right, as customers. When we see people who are smiling at us when we walk in, like, it makes a huge difference. Oh, yeah, we're know? having fun. Especially nowadays, when oh, everything yeah. is so fucking tense, right? Like, oh, it's uh, way too tense. Because we're all tense. I mean, I'm not trying to blame others. I mean, I'm fucking tense too sometimes. Oh yeah, it's uh, <laughs> like as I said, when I go grocery shopping, it's freaking Mad Max. Yeah, and I like. I go and I'm like, oh, why did like, oh. I got to find that time when no one's around. <laughs> I'm going to get a mohawk, like one of those mohawk wigs I could put on here. And then I'm going to like, I don't know draw some scars on my face or something and I'm going to go to the grocery store with a mohawk and like carry a pole like a, a, a staff yeah. I'm like take it over <laughs> you shall not pass this aisle shall not pass these are my fucking cookies my cookies <laughs> I was thinking cookies too right, right? <laughs> yeah. totally man well thanks again Jeremy thank you <laughs> you're welcome <laughs>